0: I realized that I had a unique angle from my literary background and then also my pastoral experience and that those two things could really come together and help people process you know, art and, and the beauty of art and stories.
1: Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today we're talking about literature and the power of reading, and how reading a good book can help us love our neighbour as ourselves. Why? Because reading is a tool through which we can enter into another person's story, into someone else's life. Reading in a word creates empathy. The Oxford English Dictionary defines empathy as this the ability to imagine and understand the thoughts, perspective and emotions of another person. Here are some great writers on empathy. CS Lewis, we read to know we are not alone. Maya Angelou, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Walt Whitman, I do not ask the wounded person how he feels, I myself become the wounded person. And James Baldwin. You think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but then you read. It was books that taught me that the things that tormented me most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who had ever been alive. How astonishing and how astounding that reading a good book can do that. Our guest today knows all about story and reading. Pastor Claude Acho has loved books and reading from a very young age. He loved libraries then and he loves them today. In addition to his preaching and pastoral work, Claude speaks and writes about literature, film, music and culture from a theological perspective. He's been regularly featured in The Witness, a Black Christian Collective, in Think Christian, in Christ and Pop Culture, and in the Gospel Coalition. His work often lives at the intersection of theology, culture, and the African-American experience. And he's the author of Reading Black Books, How African-American Literature Can Make Our Faith More Whole and Just. He shares about reading brain, a phenomenon discussed by psychologists, where reading a good story is proven to expand your perspective and your empathy. Claude is a humble, joyful, and hope-filled guide, and I can't wait for you to be as blessed as I was hearing from him. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Claude Atcho.
0: My name is Claude Acho. I am the pastor of Church of the Resurrection in Charlottesville. It's a uh, Anglican church plant getting started in the city. I get to spend a lot of time with people, sharing the gospel, building relationships, serving in the community. I was planning to be a high school English teacher. That was sort of my dream vocation. And I had a, a pretty strong and deep encounter with yeah, God's grace and mercy while I was on track toward high school high school education teaching. And that sort of redirected me toward pastoral ministry, towards serving in the church. And, and then, you know, I've been able to come a little bit full circle with some of my reading and writing to integrate my, my love for, for books and literature as well. So early on for me, love for books and love for God were pretty foundational in my house. Growing up, just myself and my mom, I've always loved going to the library. Library is like my favorite place to this day. Library, bookstores, those are very happy places for me. And I also remember going to church with my mom and really always enjoying that as well. So those were definitely pillars for me. And at different points, I kind of you know strayed from those, but then always sort of came back. And then I think the connection for me between literature and theology at first it sort of emerged as a question. So I did my undergraduate studies in English literature and my graduate studies in English literature as well. And so I just remember reading great stuff in my seminars and having great discussions in these classes. But then always sort of like having this question, like, I wonder what this discussion would be like if I were to have this at church? How do I understand this as a Christian? I feel like I'm being taught how to understand this really well in literary terms, which is really key. But I felt like there was a second conversation that I always wanted to have. And then over time, as I, as I grew in, in age and also in, in just thinking and intellectually, I started to kind of come up with my own answers. But first, it felt like it emerged out of just a confusion and a lack of conversation partners around sort of integrating my faith into what I was reading. So literature, there's this thing that teachers and psychologists have talked about as reading brain, is just the way that reading literature changes the way that you think and relate to others. And it, it produces a great deal of empathy. So just that alone becomes a really important tool in loving our neighbors as ourselves through the entering in of stories. My book is called Reading Black Books, How African American Literature Can Make Our Faith More Whole and Just. And, you know, what I really wanted to do with this book was to offer a different way for the church to hear from black voices. One of the central beliefs at the heart of my book is the idea that one of the best way to listen to black voices is actually to attend to black stories and the ones that are captured in our enduring literature. And so I, th- I think it's really critical for us to listen to black voices to fully understand the Christian faith forged in America, partly because historically, you know, we can't really understand American Christianity without thinking about African-American Christianity and how black people were central and vital to preserving and upholding the faith, both in its doctrinal truth and also its lived truth, its ethical truth. So pushing for the rights of human persons that's made in the image of God through the civil rights movement, the anti-slavery movement and abolitionist movement, how deeply rooted that was in Christian faith, thinking of Frederick Douglass and many others, And, and really the integration of both love for God and love for neighbor, not just settling for a faith that is is really good and right doctrinally, but is actually followed by the good works that James speaks of. And so if we're going to understand Christian faith in America, we, we have to look to our, our African-American brothers and sisters as well. That's a little bit of what I try to do in this book by analyzing African-American literature as a way of getting at some of the core questions of Black experience in relation to the Christian faith every good story, like you can connect with at some level, right? So then you realize not only is it diverse, not only is it particular, it's also in a way universal. I've heard white readers respond who have read my book and say, wow, there were places where I could really relate and enter into the story, even though it's really different than my experience. There's some universal things that I've seen and it's challenged me and it's helped me to think more deeply about faith and racial justice. So there's sort of this, this range of things that happen. And so I think that's a really huge gift of literature and that's where the empathetic power, literature comes in. So one of the questions that people ask often when they think about literature and Christians, and then my book in particular is sort of like, oh, like, why would we reflect, you know, theologically on literature? Like, don't we just only do that with the Bible? And I I would just offer an encouragement to people in, in the sense that literature is worthy of our best thinking and and spiritual reflection, because literature is obviously story, right? It's human experience. And what story does is preserve like our deep longings, our deep fears, our questions, and our hopes, and kind of our, our wandering and exploring through life. And so when we reflect theologically or Christianly, on literature, really what we're doing is we're just trying to reflect as Christians on life because that's what literature captures, right? So we're, we're trying to think about human experience as told through stories with all of its pain, all of its joy, all of its hope, all of its struggle. And then we're trying to think in the sense of God's kingdom and God's word as we consider those stories. Reading of African-American literature is a deep benefit to all audiences when we read it through a literary lens and also a faith lens, a theological lens, is that we realize that there's a range of Black experience, right? So, so we're, we're learning our history and we see the range of that experience. And I think one chapter in my book that illustrates this is the first chapter on the image of God through a lens of Ralph Ellison's novel, Invisible Man, which came out in 1952, one of the best novels of the 20th century. And it's really interesting because in that book, he follows a nameless protagonist as they move through the Jim Crow South And then up to the north. And at every point in turn, the protagonist is is hoping and wondering this question what will it take for people to see me? Essentially, what will it take for people to recognize my dignity? And then, if we read that through a Christian lens, he's really asking a fundamental question like, will people see that I'm made by God and loved by God and recognize me in that way? Or will people relate to me based on how they can use me, how smart I am, how successful I am, how much I achieve, how much I resist, how activist I am, or whatever it is? And he, he goes on this quest. And as you read, the book that ends with this this sort of claim. And he says, oh, maybe I speak also for you reader. And you realize that this book is both dealing with the particular suffering and plight of African-American people historically, but then it's also raising the question to say, how has the reader experienced some of these things as well? How have we both been seen as invisible and also rendered people invisible. And then it it really gets at this idea that until we deal with the mutuality that we're deeply connected in this way, we won't be able to have communities of belonging and of love and of gospel depth until we recognize we're deeply interconnected in these ways. This is from a story in the Jesus Storybook Bible called The Young Hero and the Horrible Giant, where David battled the giant Goliath. One day, when David brought his brothers their lunches, he saw Goliath, and he saw how scared everyone was. Don't be afraid, David said. I'll fight him for you. You're only a little shepherd boy, the king said, and Goliath is a great soldier. How will you fight him? God will help me, David said. So the king gave David his royal armor to wear, but it was too heavy and too big and David couldn't even walk. I won't need this, David said. Instead, David picked up five smooth stones from the stream. One, two, three, four, five. Took his slingshot and walked towards Goliath. David put a stone in his sling, swung it around and let it go. The little stone flew whizz like a bullet through the air and struck Goliath thud right between the eyes. Goliath stopped laughing. He stumbled and staggered and crash, fell dead. When the Philistines saw Goliath was dead, they ran away. And when God's people saw them running away, they cheered. God had saved his people. David was a hero. I think reading this with my sons, there's I mean, especially as they were younger, they're always looking to channel their sort of like energy to to attack, to do something you know wild, and I think to sort of have a story that sort of captures like, hey, you know that that energy you have to do something big, bold, and brave. Um, you know, they they see that represented in the story, but I love the way this story helps reframe the David Goliath narrative as God as the one who who fights for us that uh, through through Jesus um, our hero who who conquers our great enemies and so you know sometimes I'm, i'm not brave like david i don't have this sort of faith i'm i can be discouraged i can be weak i can be cynical and skeptical and when i'm like that god still saves and acts for his people through the real hero which is jesus
1: you can get the jesus storybook bible wherever books are sold to find out more about the book and all of sally's other books Please visit Sally at Sally jonescom And follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.